Ready or not, here I come. Hi, and welcome to Care to Listen. Care to Listen is a series of podcasts which explores, investigates, and celebrates the world of people who have care or lived experiences. In this, our third series, we talk to a variety of people about the role, experience, and relationships that sons and daughters of fostering families have on the lives of young people who are fostered. Hi everyone, I'm here talking to Keila Brinkley from Birmingham. Well, it's lovely to meet you, Keila. Um, you are the sister of Carol Phillips, who is another wonderful woman and a fantastic care experience activist, uh, raising the voices of people who are care experienced. Welcome, Keila. Thank you for coming and talking to us. Hi, Liv. Um, So in October, we celebrate the contribution that sons and daughters have on the lives of children who are fostered. Um, Could you perhaps just give us a little bit of a backstory uh, about about who you are and what you're doing now? So I'm Keila Brinkley. I'm 31 years of age. I was um, brought up in the care system from the age, well, from birth, really, but on a full care order from the age of five, I think, it was about five, four or five. Um, from then I was in and out of foster care, um, children's homes with my sister, who's 18 months older than me. Um, at the age of 10, I went into a full-time foster placement where I stayed there until I was 16 and then decided to go independent. Yeah, from then I just got my own prop and my own flat with the council and um, started working for a fostering agency um, as a care experience consultant. So travelling around, doing conferences to promote fostering. So we went to places like Russia and Bulgaria, um, Ireland, we went to a few different places. And um, from that, then I moved on and I went to um, do some work with disabled children and then moved on to work for another fostering agency, mentoring um, a lot of girls that had gone through CSE, Child Sexual um, Exploitation. I've done that for a while, but with always the dream of doing my nursing. So I um, left in 2015 and started doing my nursing, my nursing degree. I went on to do my GCSEs because unfortunately I left school um, before I could take my GCSEs. And then um, I'm currently in my second year of nursing and I also do work at the Alexander Hospital as a HA, healthcare assistant. And you also have a little daughter. Yes, I have a five-year-old little girl named Amaya who's currently in school. She's just gone into her year one. So at the moment, I'm just juggling being a student, being a mum, being an employee. It's a lot, but we're getting it done. Yeah, (laughs) nice, lovely. Um, So you and your sister got separated, you say. Do you want to tell us about that and how that was for you? So um, growing up in care, in children's homes, it was um, just me and my sister, you know, that's all we had really. So I think growing up, we, we started, we took on roles, different roles with each other. She was very mothering, so she'd mother me. And it's like, I was the little protector. 
I was quite angry as a child after going through what we went through as children. And um, we had these roles and together we were very strong. And um, unfortunately, the adults couldn't control us. <laughs> so um, after a series of events within the children's homes, um, social services decided um, to split us. And we was about, I think I was about 10 and my sister was coming up to 12, maybe. Um, my sister requested that she wanted a black female carer and a white male carer. And she got that. And I got, um, I went with a black family, a black lady, single lady. And um, yeah, that was when I was 10. And did, um, did your placement have any children living there? So no, I was a solo placement due to um, my anger issues and my temperament. Um, as much as I didn't harm any other children, it was always towards adults. They just put me as a solo placement. But my foster mum had a daughter, an old daughter, um, who lived quite close to her, had a really good relationship with her. And she had two daughters at the time when I moved in. So as much as there weren't nobody living there, um, my foster sister and her children were always at the house. My nieces, my sister and my nieces, basically. And and did that somehow make up for the fact that you weren't living with Karel? Not at first. At first it was very difficult because me and my sister, Karel, had always just been one, basically. And it was very hard when we separated because all I knew was my sister. So I had to find my own identity now as being just Keela, because it was always Karel and Keela. And um, I, I did struggle at first, but Penny was very supportive. And, you know, as much as I lost my, like, not lost her, because I did still see her, but as much as I'd been separated from my sister, I'd gained another big sister, which was very nice. I didn't, obviously at first it was very difficult and I didn't accept that. It was just after time, and her being there that I accepted that oh actually okay I've now got another big sister mm -hmm. um and what was the age gap between you and Penny um oh so I was 10 and I think Penny was in her 30s so there was a big age um, age gap between us uh-huh and uh, am I right in understanding you used to go to Penny for respite? Yeah, so um, my foster mum used to go on holiday from time to time. And um, if I couldn't go with her or whenever she needed respite, I didn't actually go to Penny. Penny would come and stay in the house. So I didn't have to be moved or didn't have to go to anybody else because I'd become un unsettled and it used to disrupt the placement, me going elsewhere. So Penny then became um, the support system for my foster mum and would come and stay at the house while my foster mum would go on holidays and stuff. So and, I didn't then and get bring the kids it. and bring her kids along as well. Yeah, but her, her kids used to stay quite often because we had a really good relationship with my nieces. You know, I used to love having them around. I was very maternal and loving to younger kids. So I used to love having them around. It's like having little sisters. It's really wow! Nice. So you really, um, you really kind of grew another, uh, another big blended family. 
It was. It's coming from just me and my sister in children's homes and all different people in and out of our lives. It was a big change going to a foster home and then having a family network around and a lot of support. It, it, at first it was a bit overwhelming, but I think I just grew to it and it just, yeah, it was, it was really nice. I think that helped a lot and helped me become who I am today, to be fair, because I watched how my foster mum mothered her daughter and it was really nice. Uh-huh. And it was no different to the way that she mothered me. You know, there was no difference. You know, with, with foster parents, sometimes you can t- they mother their children different to their foster children. My foster mum was like, no, <laughs> I'm going to mother you just the way that I'd mother my own child. And would she, how, how would she refer to you? Would she call you a foster child or a foster daughter or would she just call you a daughter? No, she would tell everybody I was a daughter. Um, I would never call her mum. I'd always call her vendor. But then if I was talking about her, I'd always say my mum. Yeah. You know, and if I think that was very difficult, me calling her mum, because my birth mum was still around at the time. And I think I felt a bit guilty. I think it was. I don't, I'm not sure. I think it just was hard for me to call her mum. And she was fine with that. But she, to anybody else, I was her daughter. There was a time she was a black Caribbean lady and there was a time that we'd been out and she'd seen some old friends and um, the man said to her, oh, I didn't know you went with a white man. And she said, it doesn't matter who I went with, that's my daughter. And from when she'd done that, it just made me feel like, okay, you know, she sees me as her daughter. She didn't say, oh no, it's my foster child. She just said to him, look, regardless of what I do, that is my daughter. And it was just really nice for her to um, to say that. And I just felt, yeah, just it just felt really nice for me to hear that. Yeah. And would you have said, you know, with, with Penny, you know, the sort of the daughter of, of the fostering family, would you, would you have called Penny your sister, I imagine? Yeah, Penny was my sister. So when anybody would ask me, oh, have you got brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got two big sisters. Nice. You know, including Penny, even now. You know, um, unfortunately, my foster mum passed away. Yeah, so even at a funeral, when the pastor um, read out the eulogy, he said, oh, and her children, Penny, Keela, and another one of the foster children she'd fostered. And that alone was just like, okay, I was recognised as her daughter. And, you know, it's them little things that mean a lot to children in foster care. Sometimes we don't always want another mother, but when you hear somebody class you as their daughter and are proud to tell other people that you're their daughter, it is it's such a lovely feeling. You feel welcome. You feel part of the family. Yeah. And you said that you um you would have maybe um some of your behaviour might have played out where you would have tested um adults around you. Did you ever test Penny? No, I think me and Penny had a really different relationship. Um, she'd tell me off if I was being naughty, you know, Caleb, behave yourself, stop stressing mum out. But I could always go to Penny. If there were certain things that I know I couldn't go to speak to um, Fender about, because I know I'd probably get into trouble. <laughs> uh, yes. I'd go to Penny and say, oh, Penny, I've done this. Or, and she'd say, look, 
go and sit down with mum or do you want me to mention to mum about it? And I say, yes, please. <laughs> you know, we had a good relationship like that. So I knew that I could always go to Penny if I needed to. Yeah. And was there ever a turning point, you know, between you and Penny where you thought, you know what, this person is here for me. She does care. I always knew Penny cared. She'd always tell me that she loved me as my, I'm a little sister. And, and um, you know, she was very supportive. When I left care, like I said, I was 16 and thought I was big and thought I was independent and left and went um, into a hostel. And Penny was very supportive. And then I think it was about a year after I'd left, they were going on a family holiday to Jamaica. And she told me I should be doing a family trip you come in with us, you know, and she paid for me to go with her on holiday for three weeks to Jamaica with the family, and that was nice. My foster mum didn't go. It was just like the sister, a little sister and the kids' holiday. It was really nice. And, again, that's when I just felt like, okay, I am part of this family, and she does recognise me as her sister, not just a foster sister, but her sister. Yeah, lovely. So what would be your fondest memory that you could kind of recollect? I think one of the one of the memories that I always carry with me is um, our Christmases. Our Christmases and our Sundays when we will all be together, we'll all be cooking, we'll all be singing and dancing around the house. And yeah, it's just it was really lovely. I loved our Sundays together. She'd always have me in the kitchen, come on, come and cook. And it was just so lovely. We all used to just be there. We'd all be playing, dancing, singing. I think, yeah, our Sundays and our Christmases were the best. I think throughout the week, everyone's busy, everyone's here, there and everywhere. But Sunday was always family time. So I'd always, most of the time, I'd be at home on a Sunday. So if uh, if you had any advice for somebody who might be sitting here thinking, do you know what, maybe I'll foster, but I wonder what the impacts would be on my, on my on my own sons and daughters, what would you what would you say? I think it's more about sitting down with their children first and explaining to them what fostering actually is and opening their mind to what potential behaviours this child might have and why they might have this and I think understand a bit more what foster children have gone through they're a bit more open-minded and non and less judgmental and they're more accepting of the children I think when they don't really understand the background of foster children or why children come into care I think that's when they can have a negative view on the foster child especially when they come in and they're behaving different to the way that they've been taught or you know they're absconding or they're swearing or they're soiling or whatever the behavior might be that's not normal for that for um for that birth child because obviously they've been raised different so i think a bit of understanding sitting down with them educating them first before um you know going into fostering that would make it a lot easier what did Penny do that made you feel so safe and secure and give you such a strong sense of belonging? I think she didn't judge me. She didn't judge me. She always looked at the bigger picture. 
she'd always, and she never tried to mother me either. She was like, look, I'm your big sister. You can come to me regardless. You know, mum would lay down the law, but I'm not going to accept certain behaviours. But at the same time, I'm always here to talk to. I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm here for you. And I think that's what made me feel like, okay. But again, there was a big age gap between me and Penny. So I think that's what helped as well. I think had we been similar age group, I think we might have... We might have clashed, mm -hmm. but because there was that age gap and, um, yeah, we got along a bit more. She understood. She understood a lot about foster children. And I went the first foster child to come into the house. So I think that made it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And had she shared her life with um, other foster children when she was younger? Yeah, so um, Fender used to had, I think, three foster children before me. So she, yeah, did share her life. She was an only child, so all she had growing up was her mum, really, you know, all the attention of her mum, to then her mum then fostering. So I think Penny adapted well, mm -hmm. considering, you know, she'd been an only child. So you've got an awful lot going on at the minute. You're training. I can hear your little five-year-old daughter in the background there. <laughs> Maybe when maybe when you're finished your training, do you, could you imagine yourself ever fostering? I would love to, yeah. I'd love to. You know, it killed me leaving my um, my workplace at the fostering agency because I had such a bond with some of them foster children and the foster parents. Um, and it really did, but I needed to do my nursing. I've been wanting to do nursing for ages now, but I could see me fostering when my daughter's a bit, bit older you know I have considered it I have oh well I think I would love you to be my foster mum so keep oh, on considering you. it <laughs> but my daughter's IVF as well so um you know there was difficulties and we did look about look down the road of adoption as uh -huh. well but before having her but now that I've got her I think I would if I had a big enough place and you know a stable job I would I would definitely give back definitely lovely definitely. lovely listen Keela it was absolutely lovely to talk to you and I think we had um not too bad uh, technical difficulties in the yeah. end so that's brilliant <laughs> for you <laughs> um so hopefully I'll get to meet you soon actually because I'm maybe going to come up and do an interview with your sister Carol for Care Leavers Week so okay. I'll actually get to meet you in person yes definitely yeah. lovely to meet you yeah lovely thanks a million no worries okay. keep doing what you're doing you're amazing <laughs> thank you thank you bye. the best bye Take care. bye Liv Thank you for listening. Care to Listen has been created by a democratic group of children and young people from within the Five Rivers Fostering Family. Our aim is to elevate the voices of people who have care or lived experience, to challenge stereotyping, to fight for better rights, equality, understanding and to celebrate all of our uniqueness. Thank you for listening. For more information, contact us on participation at five-rivers.org. Music by Rookflow, 
track Hide and Seek, courtesy of Rick Flow. <laughs> 